This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories, the podcast which tells the life and teachings of Jesus without preaching. Jesus is wandering toward his final week of his earthly life as he travels toward Jerusalem. We're in the sixth installment of that journey, and as I've said before, he's not traveling directly there. In fact, in the last episode, when he was close to the city, he veered away from it because there were direct threats to his life. He's still teaching and healing as he walks, and this week he'll deliver some controversial teaching about divorce. He'll bless some children who were brought to him, and he'll disappoint a rich man with his answer for a spiritual question. That answer will definitely challenge each of us as well, and we'll also meet a tax collector and a blind man. These podcasts come your way because you are willing to support us. We appreciate your contributions. And as I said last time, I'm asking that if you need to choose between supporting us and maybe supporting the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine and Eastern Europe, please help with that effort. Again, I've put some links to some resources in my show notes. If you can support both of us, great. Just go to JesusStories.info and click on the support this podcast tab in the menu. That's jesusstories.info. All of these Jesus stories are available on your favorite podcast player. However, people find us and find out about us because you review and rate us. So would you tell others about us? By the way, I've got a special way for you to share this podcast in real life. You check out the webpage, jesusstories.info, and click on the Share This Podcast tab in the menu. You'll find out about it. How are these stories touching your life? Would you share your story with me? Your sharing is confidential, plus it'll offer me a specific way to pray for you, my listener, and you just send me a DM or an email. You'll find the links again in the webpage, jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. Last time we watched Jesus raise Lazarus from the grave, and the result of that is that there is an increased threat to his safety. He has moved further away from Jerusalem toward Ephraim in the north. But the Pharisees still come at him with questions. This time they decide to test Jesus with this query. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? 
That sounds like a weird question to us in the 21st century, but to this people at this time, it was a debated topic. There were two schools of thought about this topic. One school thought that there had to be a sexual infidelity to have a reason for a divorce. The other school thought that there could be any reason for divorce. Some have even said that if a wife burned the toast, there could be a divorce. Jesus' response is to go back to the original plan which Jehovah God has set up. So he starts with what could only be a mild insult. He says, haven't you read the scriptures? Of course they've read the scriptures. These are Pharisees. They were steeped in scriptural study. So they had read and studied what Jesus was about to say next. They record, he says, that from the beginning, God made them male and female. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they're no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Jesus is quoting directly from the first book of the Torah, Genesis. So the Pharisees come back with another question, another test. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? The Pharisees are bringing up another quote from the Torah as delivered by the prophet and Jewish leader Moses. Jesus brings them up short with this reply. Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. So Jesus is pointing out that divorce was not Jehovah God's intention, but he allowed it because of the stubbornness of the people. Then Jesus adds, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. So Jesus is coming down on the side of the school of thought that says there must be a reason of sexual infidelity for divorce. The disciples, when they get Jesus alone, bring up this subject again, and Jesus reiterates his stand. Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. The disciples listen and respond that it's probably better not to marry. Jesus said that not everyone can accept this teaching, only those whom God helps. Some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom. Some parents arrive with their children. They wish that Jesus would lay his hands on the children and bless them. The disciples scold the parents for this bother. Jesus, however, intervenes. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Then he adds that anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never get it. Then he blesses the children. Jesus starts to travel on, but a man comes running up to him. He kneels down in it and he asks, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Whoa, what a question. First of all, this man calls Jesus good, which in Jewish culture is a descriptor reserved only for Jehovah God, so he probably understands Jesus' divinity, and he's asking about eternal life from the one source that is authoritative. Jesus responds, why do you call me good? 
only God is truly good. Again, there's that cultural reference. Then Jesus answers his question by listing off commands, which reflect how we are to treat each other. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. All of these commands are, of course, found in what we call the Ten Commandments. The man responds by saying that he's kept all of these commands since he was young. Jesus looked at the man in love and responds, you still need to do one thing. Sell everything you have and give the money to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come, then, and follow me. Now, this was not what the man wanted to hear. Now the narrator of the story tells us that this man was rich. He leaves, saddened by the news he's heard. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, It's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom. The disciples are astounded. They ask, who can be saved? Jesus responds, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Peter speaks up. We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus responds, And I want you to listen to this. Listen very carefully. I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Will you allow me to summarize this response for you? Whatever you give up to follow Jesus, whether family or property, you will receive a reward that is far greater in return. Plus, there is the reward of eternal life. The most important now will be the least, and the least important now will be the greatest. Jesus turns around. He's heading back to Jerusalem. The disciples are filled with awe. The people following behind are filled with fear. Remember, I told you that there are considerable threats against the life of Jesus. But Jesus is headed to the place from which the threats originate. And we have two reactions to that action, awe and fear. Jesus takes the disciples aside and again describes what's about to happen to him. Listen, he says. We're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of the law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit upon him, flog him with a whip and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Jesus is then approached by James and John and their mother. Mother kneels down to ask a favor of Jesus. She asks if her sons will sit one on the right and the other on the left in the kingdom. 
James and John reiterate that request. And in other words, they are asking to be placed in the spots that are the most honorable of places. Jesus responds by saying, they don't know what they're asking. Remember, Jesus has just told them what will happen to him, torture and murder. He asks them if they are willing to endure that same kind of treatment that he will suffer. And they respond, oh, yes. Jesus then says, yes, you will endure the same type of treatment. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. The rest of the apostles hear about this request, and they are indignant. Jesus calls them together. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those who under them? But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus comes into the town of Jericho. There's a crowd who greets Jesus as he enters, and there is one particular man who wants to see Jesus, but he's too short to see over the crowd. He climbs up into a sycamore fig tree to see over the crowd. Who is this man? We know his name as Zacchaeus. He's the chief tax collector in the region, and because of his position, he is very wealthy and very hated. We've talked about tax collectors for Rome before. They were not people who were liked by the general population. They were known for extorting money from the people and lining their own pockets with the excess. Jesus passes by the tree in which Zacchaeus is sitting. He looks up. He calls him by name. Come down. I've got to stay in your house today. Zacchaeus is excited. He climbs down the tree and takes Jesus to his house. This displeases the crowd, so they grumble. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Zacchaeus, however, has had a change of heart. I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responds, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus and his disciples and a crowd begin to leave Jericho, and as they are leaving, they pass a blind man, Bartimaeus, begging beside the road. He hears that this crowd includes Jesus, so he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The people try to quiet him, but he shouts all the louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus hears Bartimaeus and stops. Tell him to come here, he says. Bartimaeus is called. He throws off his coat, jumps up, and he comes to Jesus. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man says, I want to see. Jesus has a simple reply. Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the blind man could see. He was no longer blind. He follows Jesus, praising Jehovah God. And the crowd who saw this 
praise Jehovah God too. We're going to close our story there for this time. These Jesus stories are supported by you, the listeners to this podcast. If you've benefited from these stories, I invite you to pray about and consider supporting this podcast either with a one-time donation or maybe even an ongoing donation. Just visit our website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab in the menu. You'll find out how to support us both once and continually. But as I said at the outset of this episode, I would ask that you consider how to financially support Ukraine and its people first. Did you know we're on Patreon as well? It's a great place to check out the podcast and the stuff that is coming soon for those who support us in an ongoing manner. All of these podcasts are available on your favorite podcast player. You can find out how to subscribe by going to jesusstories.info. And when you subscribe, would you write a review and rate us? And would you tell others about us on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media you love to use? By the way, I've got a special way for you to share this podcast in real life. You check out our webpage, jesusstories.info. Click the Share This Podcast tab in the menu, and you can see how. And finally, again, I ask, how are these stories touching your life? Would you share your story with me? Your sharing is confidential, plus it'll offer me a specific way to pray for you, my listener. Just send me a DM or an email. You've got all the links on the webpage, jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. In our next Jesus Stories, Jesus will actually arrive in Jerusalem where he's been headed for so long. We will hear uh, of the plots to kill him. We will see his popularity. We will also hear some very forceful teaching from the Master. That's all on the next Jesus Stories. See you in two weeks. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.